Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to uh, the next half hour, Fantasy Baseball and Fantasy Baseball only, covering April 29th to Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. Uh, Big Mike here from Over the Top Sports with you, and uh, let's talk pickups. We're going to talk pickups. We have a drop list for you. We have the streamers of the week, and then we took uh, Twitter requests today and want to hear top prospects. We want a Keiko Kimbrell update, and uh, the last few minutes, we had somebody ask for a buy low on starting pitchers that are struggling, so we'll mention a few of those. But um, as usual, should be following us on Twitter. We give all the streamers out there daily. And if anybody I don't mention, they pop up and I like the matchup. I put their, that up there as well. So it's at Over the Top Sport. But let's start pickups. And we'll start with Zach Eflin, who was just, um, you can use the word brilliant yesterday. He really was. And I get that it was only Miami, but um, complete game, which you don't rarely see in baseball now. Only three strikeouts. So, you know, issue there, fine. Gave up seven hits, no walks, which uh, I like about him. And um, he's immediately has to be picked up 39.2% owned right now. He's only had one bad start. He's had one bad start. It was in Miami, four run, uh, four innings, excuse me, six runs, four Ks, gave up 10 hits. Um, this is somebody that rarely walks people. Very good control, rarely walks people. His numbers on the season, he's three and three, 3.34 ERA, 1.20 whip. So he gives up hits. Uh, that's the issue there is he does give up base hits, doesn't walk people. Another thing that I, I don't like is the strikeouts have gone down um, since the beginning of the season. The strikeout numbers have actually gone down. So that's concerning to me, but he plays on a very good Phillies team. So when he's out there, I have a chance at a win. Uh, quality starts have not been a problem so far. He's been very good pitching. Like I said, limits the walks. Hits, fine. But um, he really is not a bad starting pitcher for right now with uh, with upside to go to a three. And that's the limit right there. I mean, I wouldn't go any higher, but um, definitely should be giving him a look. And he's actually pitching this Sunday against Washington. It's in Philly. Matchup doesn't scare me at all. And uh, he will be on the streamers of the week when we talk later. Another pickup, and we'll talk um, – it's such a weak position, but Jorge Alfaro, one of the actual good pickups that the, the Miami Marlins made, um, he's the number eighth-ranked catcher right now in all of fantasy baseball. He's only owned in 34% of leagues. He hit three thirty-three last week. He had a home run, um, was it, let's see, he had a home run Saturday and uh, another home run earlier in the week. He's hitting the ball really well. He's hitting uh, 297 on the season. It's such a weak position that you see people not even playing a catcher. If you have a guy like that sitting out there and I can add four runs a week or two home runs a week and the average isn't going to hit you, uh, you know, fine. Uh, So be it. He should be added. Um, Definitely give a look there. And he's going to play. He's going to play. That team stinks. They want to know what they have in their youth. Lewis Brinson hasn't worked out. Maybe you start building around this kid a little bit, who is well-known as a hitter. He uh, Throughout the minors, he was a very good hitter. He should be looked at as well. Next guy we'll mention is Eric Sogard. And I can't believe I'm even mentioning this because it's, it's Eric Sogard. However, second base has really been a weak position when it comes to fantasy. Odor stinks. Peraza hasn't worked out. Yuli Gurriel hasn't worked out. Uh, that's probably the weakest position so far I've seen that in catcher when it comes to fantasy baseball and getting production from, well, Eric Sogar. 
Volchik hitting behind him. He's a good hitter as and not only that, he's leading off with home runs this week as well. He had three home runs this week, four RBIs. He batted 421 last week. He's hitting 415 on the season. Um, shortstop, second base eligible, so he's you know helps you out there. On the season, like I mentioned, 415, eight runs scored, three home runs, nine RBIs, two stolen bases. And if you just go look at the last seven days, he's checking off every box for you, every category. Um, it's not going to last. He's 30 years old, so don't be fooled by it. But when we're talking DFS, you need to be looking at him. He's probably one of the cheaper options. When we're talking about daily leagues, uh, you know, uh, daily pickups, excuse me, you could do a lot worse um, than Eric Sogard right now. He's really playing good ball, hitting well, and uh, definitely should be picked up. So take a look there. Um, again, I don't think it lasts. I mean, Freddie Galvis is still hitting the ball, though. Freddie Galvis is still hitting 330, so who knows, right? And he's another Toronto Blue Jay. Um, next, we'll talk Sonny Gray. And we've talked about him once before on the show and he's actually been very, very good, which is scary. The record is 0-4, so I understand uh, there's some nerves there. But he's pitching very good ball, 3.64 ERA. The whip is under one, which is just outstanding for Sonny Gray. Um, five of his last six starts are three runs or less. It's good. The problem, high pitch counts. He's getting to the fifth inning or sixth inning and not being able to finish, and that's a bit of an issue. When it, we're in a league with quality starts, just getting the win because the Reds' bullpen isn't good at all. But he gets the Giants on Friday. The Giants stink. It's at Cincinnati. I like that uh, matchup. He was very good against St. Louis his last time out on Saturday. Uh, excuse me, he was yesterday. Atlanta, four runs, fine, but he had the nine strikeouts. Dodgers have a great lineup. He only gave up three runs, the nine strikeouts. Miami, he only went four innings. That was the one we were talking about, the, the pitch count, which is very high, six strikeouts. Uh, Pittsburgh offense stinks, seven strikeouts, and then uh, the opening day start, which wasn't any good. Um, besides that opening day start for him, he's had two walks or less in every start and three starts of no walks. Really good job with him. Like I mentioned, the whip is under one, which is just outstanding. I'm not telling you that's going to keep up, but if you go look at um, the numbers he has now and you know all the, the analytics and all that other nonsense, and go look at his his couple good seasons he had in Oakland, they're very similar. They're very strikingly similar. Um, he's playing in the most friendly hitters ballpark also, pitching there. And um, the Atlanta start was at home. The Miami start was at home. And the first start against Pittsburgh was at home. So he's doing it on the road. He's doing it at home. I like him. Giants on Friday. He definitely should be started there. He's only owned 30.5% of leagues. And, uh, again, the record stinks at 0-4, but you can do a hell of a lot worse. Let's talk Matt Stram now. And um, he, in the spring training, everybody was just all over this kid and uh, came out there that opening night against Arizona and uh, was just, he was awful. And um, Greinke really put a hurting on him. But since then, he's been very good. Um, he's been very good. ERA is 3.04, whip 1.05. Really the, the one bad start, uh, you know, that's it. He's really been good. This eight strikeouts against Washington. Again, not walking people. I like that. If I'm streaming somebody, I don't want the the walks. I don't want the whip to kill me. Um, Padres, very good ballpark to pitch in. He gets Atlanta this week. Atlanta's offense, they yeah, they busted out yesterday, but they really aren't scaring people. Acuna hasn't hit his stride yet. Um, Donaldson has been very good. But um, I like the I like the matchup. I really do. And I like him going forward. Again, we've talked on the show, the Padres rotation 
what are they going to do after half these guys hit 160 innings? I couldn't tell you. But up till then, Paddock, Stram, I like them. Use them. Another guy that I'm uh, very interested in this week and uh, actually streamed him yesterday. We put it up there. He was one of the streamers. Is uh, Chris Bassett. He's 30 years old for the Oakland Athletics. And um, it just always seems like Oakland finds these starters, um, Mike Fires even a couple of years ago, that um, nothing really in the tank. And then, you know, start playing good ball and start pitching well. And, and he's that example. Um, he's had two starts so far. 12 innings pitch, 16 strikeouts, ERA is .75, the whip is .75. He was just dominant against Toronto. In Toronto, seven strikeouts. The Texas start, he did walk four batters, so that was a little bit alarming, but still seven strikeouts. So the strikeouts, very good rate. He gets the Pittsburgh Pirates on Saturday. The Pittsburgh Pirates offense stinks. Uh, love this matchup. Absolutely love this matchup. DFS him, uh, pick him up. Um, not somebody I'm racing to the wires for today, but come Thursday, I'd be picking him up, waiting for that start. And that's a very interesting topic is, you know, when we talk streamers of the week and pickups, when should you be picking up these guys? If somebody's starting on Sunday, I'm not picking them up today. Uh, I'll roll the dice, uh, you know, get a couple of bats in if I can, if somebody or hold, saves, league, whatever. But uh, two or three days before is fine, uh, you know, for a pickup for a streamer. Absolutely. You don't want to get locked out on them and then be forced to start some garbage pitcher like Jason Vargas. So, uh, or Homer Bailey, right, Vinny? Um Another pickup, Michael Chavis on the Boston Red Sox, 21% owned, second base, third base eligible, and we just talked about how weak second base is. Now this kid already has eligibility there in Yahoo Leagues. He had 263 last week with three home runs. He was their top offensive prospect, folks. He's up. He's going to stay. Even when Pedroia comes back, that's his job now at second base, or he's going to get time over third if Devers doesn't you know, start hitting for power. Um, love this pickup. I really do. Good pop. These are the numbers that you're going to see. You're going to see around a 260 average. You're going to see, you know, from this point forward, he'll probably hit 20 home runs, I would imagine, if he stays healthy, whatever. Very good pickup. Is Now he has the second base eligibility, like I mentioned. I would definitely go there. Uh, another prospect, top prospect, 24th-ranked prospect all in baseball, Carter Kaboom, 36% owned. He had two home runs and 12 at-bats this past week. Um, nice debut for the kid. Uh, both late home runs, both uh, – you know, not easy home runs either. Uh, one was straight away dead center field um, with his parents watching. Nice moment for him. This is a very good hitting prospect. Shortstop eligible right now. He's going to play second base because Wilmer Defoe stinks. Um, when Trey Turner returns, I don't know where he fits in. If he's going to be at second base every day, it makes sense. Rendon, Turner, Kaboom. I like that. Um, I really, though, I don't know where he fits in long-term with that infield. That's the only thing that scares me. The offensive numbers are very good. I prefer him over Cole Turner, the shortstop that Pittsburgh called up uh, a week ago. Um, He's just a better hitting prospect. He's more polished, very good hitter. He was tearing up the minor leagues. So I like him going forward. 12 teams, yes. 10 teams, no. Um, That would be my, you know, guideline there. Let's talk Griffin Canning. We mentioned him on the show on Saturday show, and uh, he's getting called up. He's 25% owned by the Angels starting pitcher. He was their second round pick in 2017. He has dominated, dominated AAA. And I like that the Angels are now giving help to Mike Trout in that lineup, right? And uh, it's just about time. He's going to pitch tomorrow against Toronto Blue Jays. Listen, we could all talk about the hype of Vlad Guerrero and – and I understand that this is probably the best hitting prospect we've seen since trout. Some have said, you know, even better when you look at the numbers, um, that's still a, it's not a very good lineup. I just mentioned Sogar has been hitting the ball. Well, 
Gritchick, fine. But when you go deeper and look at these numbers, the rest of the lineup isn't very good. It's an excellent, excellent matchup for Griffin Canning to, you know, kind of break his uh, break into here. Um, I like him. I like him going forward. I think he can give you SP3 value. The Angels are going to be very cautious with him, though, and that's something to keep an eye on. They have had tons of injuries to Skaggs and Heaney and every other young pitcher that they've brought along, so they're going to be very careful with him. That would be my only concern, 140 innings. Yeah, it could be 140 innings. It, it could even be 130. They're going to be very, very cautious, but I like the matchup there. I'm going to talk, um, I'm going to talk Nick Senzel now and uh, as we're talking pickups here. And um, somebody had mentioned that uh, they wanted to talk prospects, and, and that's fine. Listen, Nick Senzel had all this hype last year. I hyped him. The kid can steal a base. He has patience. He can hit for power. He's a very, very good player. He's a top five prospect in all of baseball. The problem, he's only played five games right now in AAA. He's hitting two thirty eight, And I understand if you go search Nick Senzel on Twitter, um, the outcry from the Cincinnati Red fan base to call this kid up is it's everywhere. Uh, and that's why the Cincinnati Reds are hitting two oh nine as a team, dead last in the major leagues. Uh, Scott Shebler, who's playing out in the outfield right now because of the Kemp injury, he has 25 strikeouts and 72 at-bats. It's a 139 average. He stinks. The problem is this Senzel is in – he's not ready yet. He's, he's just not there. Um, if he was on a tear right now hitting 320, 300, I would even go as to say if he was hitting 280 in AAA, he'd be up this week. There is no doubt about it he'd be up this week. I think he's probably about two weeks away if I had to guess. Within that two-week time frame, I expect him to be up. They just they have to inject something into that offense. We saw the Red Sox just do it with Chavis, right? That lineup wasn't hitting Betts, wasn't hitting J.D., wasn't hitting Benatendi, still not hitting. You call up a guy like Chavis, a top prospect, you inject some life into the room. I could see that happening with the Cincinnati Reds. I really can. I just don't think it's this week. I don't. Um, in a keeper league, he should be stashed already. In a redraft league, uh, 12 teams, I'm not stashing. I'm not stashing, guys. It's just – that's not a guarantee two weeks, right? It's not a guarantee when he comes up, he's going to start hitting keeper league. Yes. 12 team. No 15. Yes. 10. Definitely not. Um, we'll talk other prospects here and, and just who we think could have an impact heading out onto the season. And uh, we've seen so many already actually. Um, and, and that have had an impact. The other name that I would give you uh, is Calvin Biggio. Um, the, the son of Craig Biggio out in Toronto and, that farm system is just loaded. You have Bichette's kid there, Biggio. You just saw Guerrero get called up. Biggio's bat is ready. His bat is very legit. He is a very, very good hitter. The problem is he is not good defensively at all. And you can't just say he plays second base, let's hide him there. You can't. He is not ready defensively. This is not a super two trick that we've seen. He's just not. So I expect him to be up at some point. I would think in the summer, the bat certainly ready. The defense not. And Bichette now just hit the, the DL in the minors, so we're not even going to talk about him. Uh, Aloy Jimenez, just, uh, we hit on him on Saturday. He has the injury now, and he, the bat just really hasn't gotten going, unfortunately. And um, he's now going to miss, you would think, at least two weeks. Other prospects, uh, Forrest Whitley, who, I mean, I've been really praising this kid since, uh, since last year, and he had the suspension for the PEDs. He's going to be up at some point for that Houston Astros rotation. He should be stashed in keeper already. The issue I have is, will he be used out of the bullpen first? I could see that. So just something to keep an eye on there. But again, not stashing him in a 12 team. I'm just not. Um, another name, Jesus Lazardo. He was getting so much praise. He's probably about the end of the month. 
uh, I would think he would be back for the Oakland Athletics. Had the injury in spring, I, everybody was hyping this kid up. Really good arm. I would think by the end of the month, um, he's either out on a rehab assignment or making his first start. I would lean probably towards the rehab assignment. Um, the unfortunate thing here is there's he's in the minors on the on the DL, right? So he's an NA player right now. He's not a DL stash, unfortunately. So just keep an eye on there. Uh, worth stashing probably in about two weeks. Probably in about two weeks when we, you know, first hear word, uh, you know, he started throwing 75 feet or whatever. Um, he's going to be that good. He'll have a, a good impact for you. Pitchers hard to come by than bats. I would stash him in about two weeks. Um, somebody actually mentioned, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, uh, Joe Adele, the uh, power hitting outfielder on the Angels. Maybe late summer. I could see that if they need a bat, if Upton gets hurt again or, you know, if something happens with him and uh, that's delayed. Very good power hitting bat. I would think possibly late summer. Not convinced they call him up. They just called up a second baseman. We're talking Griffin Canning for tomorrow. Uh, I'm not completely sold on that. Um Carter Kaboom, we've already talked to him. Soroka's pitching today against the Padres, uh, another prospect. Um, Austin Riley, I think you see him get traded, unfortunately, for the Braves. I really do. They need so much, and uh, they Donaldson is there for the year, um, maybe keeping the spot warm for him, but I, I think they end up trading him for a starting pitcher. Justice Sheffield, I don't need him. I don't want to own him. He pitched out of the bullpen the other day didn't really impress me and uh i don't think you see him really starting uh going forward um that's it i'm looking at the top 50 prospects right right now in baseball and i don't see really besides senzo and whitley that we hit on any of them having an impact could the white Sox call up Kopich again fine i won't be racing to get him let somebody else have him and lazardo excuse me who's the 11th uh prospect kyle tucker's seven he is horrible right now in triple a very unfortunate. He was the top prospect at one time. Really can't hit the ball right now. He's not coming up anytime soon for the Houston Astros. So, uh, And if he is, I'm not racing to get out there. He's supposed to be a five-tool player, and he, he's hitting 140-something, I think, in AAA. So no need, no thank you. Let's talk now a... Uh, Let's talk now a drop list And uh, before we get into Kimbrel and, uh, and Keiko. And um, just a few names that I'm willing to drop uh, heading into this week and... Um, Jesus Aguilar, 66% known. He's hitting 123 on the season. We're already seeing Eric Thames uh, take the at-bats against right-handed pitching. Uh, fine with dropping Aguilar. He has been awful, absolutely awful. Malik Smith, 61% owned. Yeah, he's got eight steals, and steals are very, very hard to come by. But he's 0-15 last week. He sat on Thursday and Friday just to give him a breather. He's trying to fix his swing right now. Um, listen, 0-15, see ya. Not a keeper league, see ya. No issue. Yuri Gurriel, uh, 64% owned, hit 125 last week, 250 on the season, one home run, nine RBIs. Listen, the, the multiple position eligibility is great. You can play every position in the infield. I, I mean, come on. You need production right now. Right, a hundred, uh, batting 250 on the season? No, thank you. Uh, drop him. Colton Wong, sorry, guys. He's not Roberto Alomar. He hit 190 last week, 225 the last two weeks. You can move on from him. Although I will say second base is a very tricky position, right? We mentioned how weak it is. Um, you're going to drop him for Chavis? Yeah, I'll make that move. Um, but have a plan in place before you drop him, just how weak the position is. And then Nathan Avaldi, 45% owned. But I put him up here just because uh, his ERA was six before the surgery. Now he's having surgery. He's going to miss two weeks. I'm not even holding him if I have a DL spot. There's no need. Put somebody else there. No issue with that whatsoever. We'll talk now Keuchel, and we'll talk now Kimbrel. Um, any other people you wanted to be mentioned for drops, that's fine. Uh, just send them over to Twitter. 
but um, the, the Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, um, still free agents thing, and everybody's just feeling bad for them in their wallets. Uh, it's a bit of a joke. It is. And now we're getting to that point. Today's uh, April 29th. Tomorrow is May. Uh, Wednesday is May 1st, right? So by the time they sign a contract, how long will they need to get ready? Kimbrell would be uh, – he missed all the spring training last year because of his daughter and, you know, what she went through with uh, – with uh, I believe it was cancer and um, reliever also wouldn't need time. I bet he would need a week and a half, two weeks, and then he'd be ready for game action. Dallas Keuchel, you would think is going to need at least simulated game work and some sort of uh, almost like a rehab assignment where he goes out and makes some minor league starts. Um, Sure. He's throwing, he's pitching or whatever, but uh, I like Kimbrell better than Keuchel out of the two. And these players have draft pick um, draft picks attached to them. That goes all the way through um, through the June draft. So teams can't sign these players until the draft happens, which is in June. As soon as the draft happens, the very next day, there are no draft picks attached to them. And you can sign them for whatever, a prorated contract, bring them in, and then they can become free agents next year, which is – that's how it's looking right now. So we still have before the draft – and I don't have the exact day in front of me. Um, I probably should have. We're still at least – at least a month away before likely we see either of these players sign unless there's a big injury. And the prime example of this is the Atlanta Braves who have blown constant leads could use Craig Kimbrell. There's some familiarity familiarity there and they refuse to you know go out and pay him because of that draft pick, uh, you know, pick that they would have to forfeit. Um, I saw a link to his name linked to the twins and now the twins are playing good ball. And would that work fine? Um, teams don't want to give up pick. And it's not even a first or second round pick. And I don't think you see either sign till after the draft. So now fantasy, right? This is a fantasy show. The implications of that. I'm not holding Dallas Keuchel in any league. I will drop him gladly. Um, 15 teams would be an exception. But again, I'm hold. he's not on the DL. I'm now holding a spot for probably at least another month. No, thank you. Craig Kimbrell. Closers are so very easy to come by and not Craig Kimbrell type quality closers. They're just, they're easier to come by. Um, I'm not willing to hold a roster spot for Craig Kimbrell in 12 team or 10 teams when it's a revolving door. No, thank you. I will drop him. Uh, There's no guarantee that he's even going to pitch in a month, month and uh, you know, a half, six weeks, whatever, uh, until the draft. I'm not holding roster spots for either of these players when there's no guarantee. You then look at what they will produce when they come back. From that point forward, what would you – 25 saves at a Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell? I mean, that could be a stretch also, right, depending on the team he goes to. Dallas Keuchel would make 20 starts, right? We've, you know, we're going to be uh, at that time how many starts in. Um, it's just not worth it to me. It's really not. So, no thank you. I will pass on both. They're both uh, – I won't be stashing either of them. Um, really, if it's not a keeper league, you shouldn't be holding either of them. And if it is a keeper league, you better have options better than the two of them or your team's in trouble to begin with. The other request that we had uh, to talk about was buy low pitchers. And uh, it's a very good topic. So whoever suggested that, thank you. Um, We hit on this a little bit on Saturday, Vinny and I did uh, on the regular show. And just which pitchers concern you and which pitchers don't concern you. Um, We talked, uh, I have a list here of... um, each of them, besides Degrom, their last start was much better. It was good. Chris Sale, and we could talk about Chris Sale for a minute. 
the velocity is 92 the other day he was topping out at. Is that concerning? Yeah, you bet it is. Um, he's starting to get the strikeouts, though, right? He had eight against Tampa Bay. That's a very good Tampa Bay offense, by the way. Only two runs were earned also. I know four uh, against him, but two were earned. So now if you look at his last two starts, Tampa's seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts. I'll take that. Detroit stinks, five innings, two runs, ten strikeouts. I'll take that. The Yankee game looked better in the first inning and then, you know, kind of went downhill. Still six strikeouts in five innings. So the strikeouts are slowly starting to come back. He gets the White Sox this Friday, again, you know, his former team in Chicago. So if you don't think he'll be a little fired up for that and maybe we see a velocity bump for that, uh, I definitely think we will. I've always said when trading for players, you have to be a used car salesman, right? It's how you present it. It's how you offer it. It's um, how you sell them on it. Um, Listen, you know, Chris Sale, his arm, got, he's throwing 92 miles an hour. He hasn't been very good yet. Uh, Seattle uh, roughed him up. Toronto roughed him up. Um, you know, I, I'll give, I'll take him, but, you know, offer this, this, this. And you just downplay the shit out of it. And then when they come back to you, well, why do you take him? Well, look, I have depth here. I can afford this. I have, you know, whatever. It's how you present the trade. Am I willing to buy low on Chris Sale? Fine. But I would feel much more comfortable buying low on Max Scherzer. I'd feel much more comfortable buying low on Garrett Cole, who just pitched awesome this week. Um, I will take Chris Sale over Aaron Nola, another struggling pitcher. Nola, to me, there's just the curveball is just not there. And that was his big weapon last year was that curveball. He said, you know, he's blaming the cold and not being able to get a grip. Um, could be true. Could be true. That's fine. But to me, um, that curveball is his money pitch. He also almost – he signed that contract in the offseason, right, where – uh, almost a discounted deal. And, and that's like a red flag to me as well. And the same with Severino. It, when you see what pitchers and players are getting these days, I'm not talking free agents. I'm talking when you re-sign. Um, Aaron Nola, after the year he had last year, should have been a $120 million pitcher. Go look at what, you know, Arietta's contracts history and, uh, you know, Cole Hamels for that matter. Aaron Nola with his age and skill and talent could have been a $100 million pitcher. He didn't bargain on himself. He took that deal. And um, that's almost a red flag, too. Do you not believe in yourself, your skill set? Um, Chris Sale, to me, I think will figure it out. If, as long as he's not injured and he keeps admitting after every game he stinks, it's his fault, he's been terrible, I think he eventually figures it out. Nola I'd be more concerned about. DeGrom I'm very worried about. I am very worried about Jacob DeGrom because of the whole elbow thing. You mentioned the elbow bothering him. You have the test. Test come back fine. Well, when you add up a elbow bothering you and the bad starts it's very worrisome right you see the year he had last year that was probably the peak um you see he just gets handed the contract we didn't see any bad starts last year from Jacob DeGrom and now we're seeing three in a row I'm concerned about it the next start should be a telltale uh I would keep an eye on there listen Max Scherzer uh out of Cole Nola DeGrom Scherzer sale I would love Scherzer and I would love Cole and I, I think those are two very good buy low opportunities where the window is probably getting closed. So I would move quick on them, but um, very good options. If you ask me, let's make the streamers official here. We have about three minutes to go uh, on the podcast and we appreciate, uh, I appreciate all the, uh, the suggestions and the feedback uh, from everybody, but um, let's start in no particular order. Uh, Zach Eflin, we mentioned him. Uh, he gets Sunday Washington. I love the matchup. Sony gray Friday versus the giants giants stink. I love it. Matt Stram Wednesday against Atlanta. I like that. Wade Miley Saturday against the Angels. Wade Miley has been terrific so far this season, throwing that cutter. Um, very good, reinvented himself. Uh, you know, doesn't have the overpowering stuff. Not that he ever did, 
but reinventing himself as a pitcher. And then Chris Bissett, Saturday at the Pirates. Those are your five streamers this week. Another note to mention is um, Shohei Otani. Um, not a, again, not a buy low player, but um, he should be back this week by the end of the week. And um, 76% owned, so he's owned in your league. I would look at who owns him. And um, first of all, if it was a keeper in uh, ESPN, I would definitely be trying to get in on that cause, So when he's pitching again next year. Um, redraft, I would take a look at the hitter. And I, I truly think that he is going to put on a show when he comes back. I think you can really see by the end of the week when he's back for the rest of the season, health permitting, obviously. I think he hits 25 home runs. I really do. I think you see 25 home runs, 80 RBIs, and and a 280 average. And, um, yeah, just a a gut call on Otani. He put on a show last year when he came up hitting. He's dying to play. They've been so cautious with him. I would take a look at who owns Otani, and I would throw an uh, an offer at him and try and get him on my team because he should be back by the end of the week and can really make an impact on your fantasy team. And if they let him steal, which I don't know if they will, because of the whole shoulder thing and sliding and the, you know, the Tommy John thing, whatever. Um, if they do let him run a little bit, it should certainly help. Either way, the power numbers should definitely be there. The average is going to hurt you. And the RBI opportunity is going to be hitting uh, you know, behind Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, you would think. That's going to do it, guys. Give us a follow on Twitter at Over the Top Sport. Check out Vinny's podcast on Wednesday, Swing with the Sharks for all your betting needs. And uh, that'll do it. Good luck this week at Fantasy.